You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. So our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 16. I'll be reading verses 13 through 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and some others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So I mentioned this on Wednesday, but I think it bears repeating this morning um, during this first Sunday of Lent. When I was in college, I had the opportunity to take, or I was required to take, a class called Language Arts Requirement, and it was as exciting as you might think. But one thing about Language Arts Requirement is that every student taking an LAR class during that particular semester got to go, got to go to a very special lecture being held by, my, by our professor, Dr. Jenny Bangsend. And I'm a little bit fuzzy on some of the details, but I will never forget her core thesis of that lecture. And that is that the most important thing we can learn to do in our lives is to ask good questions. And like, notice that she said, in our lives... She did not say that the most important thing we can learn to do in academics, which you might expect from a professor, or the most important thing to do in our life of faith, which you might expect from a professor at a Christian college, she said that the most important thing we can learn to do in our lives is to ask good questions. And I have to tell you that I have loved that idea ever since, obviously since this is the second time I've mentioned it from the pulpit, but it's also an ideal to which I have, that I've strived to accomplish ever since. And like maybe Dr. Bengtson mentioned this, but again, I'm a little bit fuzzy on some of the details. Um, One of the things that I think that we need in order to ask good questions, and especially about our lives of faith, is an atmosphere that's just a little bit different an atmosphere that is a little bit outside of our norm, but an atmosphere that is still safe. This, by the way, is why church camp is so important, because it's a little bit different but still safe. And this is why I think the season of Lent is so important, because it's a little bit different, isn't it? It's a little bit more serious, isn't it? But it is still a safe time. 
So it's important for us to enter into this interesting time, this different space. It's important for us to enter into the story of Jesus, and it's important for us to grow closer to him. So all throughout the season of Lent, we are going to be asking good questions, of good questions about our faith and good questions about our life. These questions are designed to guide us through the season of Lent so that we come to Easter with a little bit deeper faith and a little bit more substance to our hope which is found in Christ. Which brings us to our question for this morning. Jesus turns to his disciples and he asks them two separate but very connected questions. Who do the crowds say that I am? And the disciples answer out of their experiences. The disciples answer out of what they have seen and what they have heard. There are some that say that you're John the Baptist or others Elijah, or one of the other prophets. But then Jesus changes things. He says, who do you say that I am? And it may seem so easy of a question to answer. I mean, obviously, he's Jesus. But there's more to unpack in that, isn't there? You'd be surprised how many people struggle to have an answer to this question, and you'd also be surprised as to how varied those answers can be. There's an organization called Christ Life, and they went to Washington Square Park, and they asked this very question of random people on the street, and this is what they found out as they answered, asked that question. Historical figure? I don't know. <laughs> I think he was just a person. I don't know. Just a normal person like us? He was a selfless person. I have no clue. He was a man. I think he was marketing genius because he got people to believe him. I don't, I don't think he's the son of God. I don't, don't believe that at all. If David Copperfield was in the day of Jesus, he would be Jesus. I'm pretty sure he existed. Like, I'm not going to say that he didn't exist. He was God's son, but so was Gandhi, and so was Muhammad, and so was, you know, we're all God's children. Jesus is someone I pray to. Well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, um, and he, to me, is the, like, symbol of just ultimate forgiveness and ultimate love. He's sort of that, like, constant figure in my life. Jesus is also Isa in Arabic, and he was a messenger as well. He was just extremely enlightened, like, religiously and morally. Was somebody that um, just tried to um, impart wisdom on others and um, make the world a better place. I think he saw something that a lot of people didn't see and still don't see in others. And I, I think that's just a lot of love and, and hope. Jesus sort of seemed like an ominous uh, figure. You know, he just, he, he was God, and it was hard to relate to him, but I think as I've grown in my faith a lot, I've really started to see Jesus as my closest friend. Who do you say Jesus is? It's an important question. Because without knowing our answer to that question, it feels like everything else is up in the air. I have to tell you that I broke the cardinal rule of the internet uh, this week, and I read the comment section on that video that I found. 
Um, and what one person pointed out, and there was a lot of comments I can't repeat in church, but what one person pointed out is that the people that had an answer as to who Jesus was seemed more confident and assertive as to their being right. And I have to tell you, I think there's something to that. When Jesus asked this question of the disciples, I don't think they seemed all that sure. And when Jesus asked this question of the disciples, it changed everything. By the time Jesus asks this question of his disciples, they have been together long enough to have an answer. They have heard and they have seen things that should give them this, you know, idea of who Jesus was. They saw him in ministry. They saw him healing. They saw him teaching. They saw him correcting. They saw him including. They had experienced the divine power of God as they saw Jesus drive out demons and heal the sick. And they themselves had experienced divine power because they had been sent by Jesus to accomplish Jesus-sized tasks. They'd driven out demons themselves. They had healed the sick. But when Jesus asked the question, it changed everything because this is the first time that they have had to give some kind of answer as to who they thought Jesus was. In this moment, Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed their relationship, and it would never go back to how it was. Because no other answer would do. No matter what they thought about who Jesus was, no other answer would be satisfactory. And in a rare moment of Peter the Apostle's life, he is ready with the right answer at the right time. When Jesus asks the question, who do you say that I am? Peter responds saying, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter has the right answer at the right time. Peter recognizes that this rabbi is no other mere rabbi. Peter senses that Jesus is no mere prophet like John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or the others, and Peter knows that Jesus is not just another human person. No, Peter in this moment knows exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one who has been anointed by God to reign and to bring about a new order of life called the kingdom of God. Basically, Peter hears a good question, and Peter gives a good answer. Who do you say that I am? It is a question that stands throughout history. It's a question that stands throughout our lives. It's a good question we will continue to wrestle with throughout Lent and bigger than that throughout our entire lives. I mentioned earlier that Peter had a, the right answer at the right time. But a, perhaps the most famous night in Peter's life was the night that he didn't have the right answer at the right time. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Jesus' disciples all fled. And they all scattered, including Peter. 
But someone in the crowd noticed Peter. Someone in the crowd recognized Peter. And someone said, hey, I know that guy. He was one of them. He was with Jesus. And Peter says, no, I wasn't. And as the story goes, this happens two more times. It may not have been in the form of a question, but doesn't it sound an awful lot like, who do you say that I am? Peter wasn't ready that time. And the truth is, is that we'll be presented with this question at times and circumstances in our life, and this question will continue to come up over and over and over again. And take heart, people of God, because sometimes, just like Peter, we will have the right answer at the right time. But be warned, people of God, because sometimes, like Peter, we will not have the right answer at the right time. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is when everything works? Who do you say that Jesus is when the bills are paid and the rent check clears and your back doesn't hurt? Who do you say that Jesus is when the carpet gets installed in time for church on Sunday? That question sounds a lot different when things are falling apart. Who do you say Jesus is when the account is overdrawn? And the mechanic tells you that the repairs on your vehicle are not worth the investment. Who do you say that Jesus is when the other shoe drops? Who do you say that Jesus is when the doctor comes back into the room with a grave look on her face and the rest of the conversation is nothing but a blur because how could that possibly happen? This is a good question. It is a question that gets at the heart of a lot of other questions, many of which we will wrestle with during the season of Lent. But for now, the best that I can offer you is my own answer. When you say, who do you say Jesus is? Jesus is the true God sent to earth to help us see what love in God's kingdom looks like. Jesus is the personification of unconditional love as he welcomed the ones the world shunned. Jesus is the one who accomplished unfathomable miracles so that we can have a hope with substance. Jesus is the one who welcomes all of his disciples, even those that are not quite sure of their own answer to the question. Jesus is the one that welcomes them to a feast where he washed their feet attempted to put their mind at ease and fed them at a meal that continually reminds us of both the question and the answer. Jesus is the one who is crucified. Jesus is, as Peter said, the Christ, and Jesus is the one who stands victorious. That's the answer for me. But the question still hangs there for you. Would you pray with me? Living Christ, we give you thanks for who you are, for all the ways that you revealed yourself to us, and for all the ways you just continue to make yourself known over and over and over again. 
as we go through this season of Lent, reveal yourselves to us once more. Show us the way to walk and help us to come up with our own answer. Help us to seek you in love and in truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.